The long-awaited return of New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara is here, and it could mean a win for the New Orleans Saints this weekend. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So you never miss the latest episodes. And if you want to keep the conversation going, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and much more, head over and become a Locked On Saints insider at joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Saints today to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson. Nola on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the Media Saints News Network, Tuesdays on Locked NFL. And here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. You're going to get $20 off of your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, it's our Game Plan Friday edition. Talking about how the New Orleans Saints can get a win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I fully expect that should happen this week. So how did the New Orleans Saints make it happen? Well, frustrating. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense is going to be a big time part of the game plan or should be a big time part of the game plan this week. Uh, beating the Bucks defense is going to take a little bit of risk for the New Orleans Saints, but hopefully they have no problem being aggressive this weekend. But first, the impact of New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara is massive going into this game. And I understand that Guys like Devin White and Levante David, the two linebackers for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, have had some success against Alvin Kamara in his past. But since 2017, there is a clear formula for victory for the New Orleans Saints. And it's 20 or more touches for their talented running back, Alvin Kamara, who's coming back from a three-game suspension, meaning that he's the freshest running back in the NFL in week four. Like, let's just be honest. Like, that's really the big thing. And it's not like he hasn't been able to be around the team. He's been able to be around the team, just hasn't been able to practice and hasn't been able to be you know, on the field. So he has been able to get an idea of what it is that the Saints offense wants to do, has a very clear understanding of where it is that he fits in. So why did I say that the 20 plus touches is the key for Alvin Kamara? Well, the New Orleans Saints, since 2017, 26 and four in games and Alvin Kamara touches the ball 20 or more time. Now, look, you can look at that and you can turn your nose up at it. You can look at that and you can say as the New Orleans Saints, well, you know, causation versus correlation, which really the thing here doesn't matter. If you're the New Orleans Saints and you're 26 and four when Alvin Kamara touches the ball 20 or more times, it's better for him to touch the ball 20 or more times than it is for him not to touch the ball 20 or more times. So how do you do that? Well, it's a lot like what we've been talking about all week here so far on the show. Establish the run game, which has been a struggle for the New Orleans Saints offense. And we saw it become a particular struggle last week against the Green Bay Packers. No Foster Moreau last week. And a lot of those blocking assignments for the tight ends didn't necessarily 
trend as successfully as they did when Foster Moreau was completely healthy going into that week two matchup against the Carolina Panthers, where he was outstanding as a run blocking tight end. So that's a big piece of what you hope the New Orleans Saints are going to get back this week. He did move up to limited on Thursday's practice with the ankle injury that he's dealing with. We'll see if he continues to trend upward up until that game. I imagine that he'll be questionable on the injury report, maybe be a little bit of a game time decision. But in any case, getting him back at any capacity could be big for the New Orleans Saints run game. Now, the offensive line is still the biggest question mark for this team. There's no doubt about it. There's no reason to sugarcoat that or, or, or whatever. Uh, but they have to get that right. So the only thing we could assume is that they're going to find a way to get that a little bit righter than it has been over the course of the first three games of the season. They got to protect the quarterback. They have to open up the holes in the run game. But we've seen them more cap be more capable and open up the holes in the run game than they have been at protecting the quarterback. So get the run game started. Why get the run game started? Why does that become so important for Alvin Kamara? Well, that forces that Tampa Bay Buccaneers front to respect the run game, meaning they can't just pin their ears back and know that they're going after Jameis Winston who I assume will be the starting quarterback this weekend. We'll see. It might be Derek Carr. Seems like a long shot. Again, I wouldn't be shocked by it, but seems like a long shot. Uh, so you don't want to allow that Tampa Bay defense to know, well, the Saints are just going to drop back and pass because they can't get the run game going. So you have to make them respect the run game, make them play the run first, and then be able to take advantage of that because that inherently will create a little bit more time for you to get the ball out. And in the other way that you utilize Alvin Kamara is in the short passing game. We're not going to stop there, but just the short passing game to start off, which is effectively an, a, 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 an extension of the run game. I think the Saints ran their first, no, not I think, I know for sure. The Saints ran their first wide receiver screen all season to a running back. Excuse me, that doesn't make any sense. The Saints ran their first screen pass to a running back all season last week against the Green Bay Packers. It's been three games. And going into that game against the Green Bay Packers, running backs had only caught Two passes on four targets, position designated running backs. Obviously, Taysom Hill operating out of the backfield caught a pass and, and all these other things, but position designated running backs only or running backs only had two catches going into that game against Green Bay. And it's not like they caught a ton of passes against Green Bay either, right? So now that you come back and you have Alvin Kamara returning, who is like juice, like he is ready to get back out on the field. He is super excited that he's back and has been texting with. Jameis Winston and Derek Carr about how he can help open up the New Orleans Saints offense. This is an element of that, right? Establishing the run game, yes. But also being a factor in the passing game, in the short area passing game, which is effectively an extension of the run game for New Orleans, also big for the New Orleans Saints. But let's not forget that he can be a threat for you downfield, the wheel routes out of the backfield, all those things that we saw during training camp that we have not seen a lick of here at the beginning of the season coming out of the backfield, you eventually get that part back. And then in sort of the intermediate area of the field, you get those option routes, those ones where he breaks outside from in from the backfield, depending upon the leverage of the linebacker, he's either cutting inside if they've got outside leverage, if the coverage is on the inside, he's bouncing outside towards the sideline. Those little pieces that we saw the Saints run with Chris Olave week one and then like never again for the rest of the season for, you know, who knows why, uh, they get that back with Alvin Kamara. And there's no excuse not to use it at this point because you know Alvin Kamara can do it. I have no idea why they immediately went away from it when it came to Chris Olave, who was super successful with it game one, but they did. Now you can have Chris Olave do the other stuff and he's in a good position going against his Tampa Buccaneers defense, by the way to be the guy opposite or on the outside. 
And then now you have Alvin Kamara, who can also be the guy in the middle. So now you end up creating the conflict for the, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Who do you key in on? Where do you make sure your coverage is going? Where do you shade your coverage? Where do you do all these little pieces to help out? All these other things. So Alvin Kamara helps out a ton in being able to open up your passing game just as somebody that can distract underneath so that you can go one step above and you know, behind the linebackers to an open spot in the middle of the field, especially against a Tampa 2 defense where you have these linebackers dropping deeper into coverage and all that. So it's clear that Alvin Kamara can be the key to victory for the New Orleans Saints going into this game and must get him started early, early in every facet of the game if they want to get a win against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The next piece for them is going to be about making sure that they're attacking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense where they're weak. Don't let the injuries go to waste for a second week in a row. Take advantage of a hampered Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. How do you do that? We're going to take a look at that next as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Saints brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. Now, you've heard me talk about DoorDash for delivering your meals, and I know that you've trusted DoorDash before to do that, but did you know you can also trust DoorDash to take care of your grocery deliveries as well? Has groceries been on your to-do list for a few days, maybe a week, maybe two weeks? Check that off without having to do any of the legwork with your friends over at DoorDash. Thousands of different grocery stores to choose from, and you're going to be able to find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with maybe some of those local spots as well with each and every order. And you're going to be able to get 50% off if it's your first time using DoorDash up to a $20 value when you use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off, up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and free delivery on your very first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Don't forget that's promo code LOCKEDONNFL for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Today's episode also brought to you by our friends over at GameTime. GameTime is the one and only app that I use when it comes to purchasing tickets for my favorite events, whether it's a football game, a basketball game, it's what I use when I go to my, my Pelicans games and all that. Uh, uh, it could be concerts. It could be comedy, theater, whatever it is that you're looking for. Game time has you covered and they make it super fast, super easy and super convenient to grab your tickets. And they'll show you the vantage point, the view from your seat before you even buy the tickets as well. So that there's no surprises showing up to an obstructed view or something like that. And you're getting some great deals that they've got all the way down to the day of the game. So you don't even have to be in a rush to plan and get it all taken care of. So take all the guesswork out of buying tickets by heading over to Game Time today. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Locked On NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks again to all your everydayers out there for being here every single day, making it your first listen of the day every day. So um, for the New Orleans Saints, beating the Bucks defense is going to take some risk, okay? You're not going to be able to go into this game and be conservative, be careful, tread lightly, walk on eggshells, and expect to beat this defense, right? Like, the, the the front's too good. And that's the one place where this Bucks team 
is like legitimately good. Although their offensive line performed pretty well against that Philadelphia Eagles defensive line. So maybe that matchup is worth watching, but we're going to get to that in a little bit. Over on the offensive side, what you want to do is challenge this Bucks defense, not cower to them, right? And so that's one of the reasons why I kind of have my unpopular take of the week, my unpopular opinion of the week, which is take the risk, go out there, air it out, right? Like establish the run game, make them have to be honest, play the run, all of that, the short pass game, like I, I, like all of that stuff is a given, right? You want to establish all of that early on in the game, but you're doing that so that you can set up your ability to be able to attack downfield. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been awful against number one wide receiver options all season so far. Each and every one of them that they've matched up with, Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, uh, it was DJ, uh, 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 DJ Moore in Chicago. Last week, A.J. Brown went off for the Philadelphia Eagles, all over 100 yards, you know, mostly finding the end zone. And so if you're looking at that and you're going, okay, well, they might get Carlson Davis back, they might get Jamel Dean back, you're not too specifically concerned about that, especially if those guys are hampered. And we have seen that they haven't necessarily elevated to full practice yet. They haven't necessarily elevated to being guys that you would go, okay, I, maybe they'll play. And so because of that, whether they're on the field or not, because if they're on the field, they're hampered. If they're not on the field, then you're dealing with guys you've never heard of. You got to attack. You have to. You have to be able to attack. And, and look, I, I get that it's fun and it's popular to say things like, oh, well, Jameis Winston's going to throw interceptions or that the New Orleans Saints offensive line can't block. But if you're the New Orleans Saints, you have to go into this game expecting your team to excel, expecting your team to do the things that it's supposed to do well. Well, you can't go into this game and say, no, well, the, the offensive line's bad. You can't do that if you're Dennis Allen and the New Orleans Saints, right? Like, what are you doing? You're not setting your team up for success in that case. Now, you have to have your contingencies. You have to have your backup plans. You have to be honest with yourself about what some of the struggles are that you could go into. But you also have to have hopefully addressed those struggles Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, not on Sunday. And if you're trying to address the issues on Sunday, then there's a bigger issue than the execution on the field. There's a coaching problem. So, and what we know is that that's not the case. We know that the New Orleans Saints are not slacking off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, showing up on Sunday going, well, let's see how it goes. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the reality here. And so because of that, you have to be willing to be effective. You have to be willing to be risky. And some of those risks mean, means taking shots over the middle of the field. Especially when you've got two safeties in Tampa that are effectively blitzing run support safeties. Challenge them in coverage. When they leave the middle of the field open, which they do very often, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, attack, attack it. They're going to be blitzing like crazy. You know that when it comes to Todd Bowles. So get to the area of the field where the blitzer is coming from. That is a, can I call it a football commandment? Like we all know that. Everyone knows that. And so don't be timid. Don't go out there expecting the worst. Don't go out there shaking in your boots. You got to go out there and pull the trigger. Like you got to go out there and be a little risky. After you've established your offense, after you've established the confidence, the rhythm, all those other things, I get all of that. I'm not ruling any of that. I'm not saying that that stuff is not important. But I'm just saying like if you want to beat this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, it comes down to taking a risk every now and then. And sometimes that risk doesn't work out, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't go out there and not take that risk again. Now, I'm going to give um, Ryan Hinton and the uh, uh, Saints Black Party podcast some, some credit here, a lot of credit here, because this was effectively his observation, but I'm, I'm, I'm uh, 
reciting it here on the show, and I want to make sure that I credit it appropriately. You know, I have a lot of love and respect for those guys, and they know that as well. One of the biggest things that you're going to see, want to see the New Orleans Saints adjust this week is making sure that the, and this is where I'm borrowing from Ryan here, that the play calls match the situation. Third and three does not require a 40-yard shot. They're fun. You look like a genius when they work. But as we've talked about here on the show a lot of times, the further downfield you go, the lower percentage of, of success you get. Doesn't mean that you don't take those shots when they're there, but it also doesn't mean that you, don't, that you go in relying on them on third and three. Third and three, a four-yard pass helps you. Third and three, a 40-yard pass helps you in a different way, but a four-yard pass still helps, still makes a difference. And so early wins on first and second down, which come from establishing the run game, maybe a little bit of that quick passing game, and then take the shots when they're available to you. If you can start winning on first down and play yourself into some second and ones, have a ball, have a blast, 40 yards down the field, go for it, take the shot. But if you work yourself into a second and 10 because of an incomplete pass on first down, and then you try to run the ball, you lose two yards, you're in a third and 12 situation, here comes the pass rush. And how comfortable are you with that? So if you're a team that's walking into the situation and going, ah, you know, I'm a little bit concerned about the offensive line, not gonna, not gonna like hedge the bets and all that other stuff, but a little bit concerned about the defensive line or the offensive line. How do I help us with that? Don't get in the third and eight. Don't get in the third and nine. Don't get in the third and 10. Easy for me to say, right? From my comfortable chair in front of a microphone, in front of a duck that I haven't named yet. Easy for me to say. But for the New Orleans Saints, they've got to execute it. And if they want to be a team that's going to win games this year, those are things that they're going to have to execute. These are tenets of the game. These are not big time, bold predictions that the New Orleans Saints will play themselves into third and manageable, right? Like every team in the NFL wants to play itself into third and manageable, get it done. And then you're going to get the opportunity to be able to take those risks, let it go, let it rip, uncork it, however it is that you want to look at it. Because I do think this New Orleans Saints team is going to have to play risky this week, but they can set themselves up for, say it with me, we've been talking about it all offseason, calculated risk by winning on first and second down. And that's where Alvin Kamara helps you a ton. And get the tight ends part of the passing game, like, please. Like, we talked about that in last night's live show, like, get the tight ends in there. Like, come on. Like, we know. Like, get it done. Coming up next, <laughs> I know it's not that simple, but it is what it is. Uh, coming up next, as we wrap up the show, we're going to be taking a look at frustrating the Bucks' offense. Yeah, we're going to get to a little bit of Marshall Lattimore conversation against Mike Evans, but it's, it's more than that. It's bigger than that as well. Got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football co-host Vinny Iyer to bring you the best fantasy football advice every week, all season long. So whether you're preparing for your daily draft or maybe you're scouring that free agency pool, we're going to be bringing you players that are a guaranteed fit for your roster each and every week. Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer has picked out players for this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. Let's see who he's got for us. 49ers second-year quarterback Brock Purdy has picked up exactly where he left off as a star rookie passer down the stretch last season with his sharp play in Kyle Shanahan's diverse, loaded passing game this season. Purdy is playing off of Christian McCaffrey's run game very well and delivering nicely through the red zone with his arm and with his legs as well. And now in week four, he's drawing a really favorable matchup against a just hapless Arizona Cardinals defense. So Purdy should manage multiple scores, 
250 plus passing yards as well in a or for a San Francisco 49ers team that's looking to build an early lead in what should be another blowout. Vinny Iyer of Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championships this year. And eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about every player being the perfect fit. And the same goes for your vehicle. With over 122 million parts and accessories for your ride or die, you can make sure that your car, truck, vehicle, whatever it is, is running smoothly. Whether you need brake kits, LED lights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever it is that your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. And at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Told y'all the story earlier this week, saved over over 50, over 40 bucks by just buying an air filter when they were going to charge me $50 to change it. Bought it for $10. I'll change it myself. Big thank you to eBay Motors for that. So go ahead and check them out today. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com, eBay guaranteed fit available only to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. We'll look at how the New Orleans Saints defense can be pesky against that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense and, or excuse me, offense, and lead themselves to a win. Appreciate you as always, all your everydayers out there making this your first listen of the day every day here on Locked on Saints and otherwise as well. All right, so how do the New Orleans Saints, how does the New Orleans Saints defense match up with the New Orleans Saints offense? Well, I will take this Saints secondary against the Buccaneers pass catchers as a group just fine. The defensive line versus the offensive line is where I have a little bit of question mark, right? Like the New Orleans Saints defensive line was fantastic weeks one and two. They had an injured def- or offensive line for the, the Green Bay Packers, especially on the, the, the left side of the line, with two backups in it, left tackle and left guard, and hardly was able to take advantage of that. So now you get into this game with Baker Mayfield, where you're trying to worry about rushing Baker Mayfield and make him uncomfortable. Now, Baker Mayfield's been pretty good under pressure so far, but we see this year in and year out with Baker Mayfield. Two or three stellar games, and then all of a sudden kind of comes back down to earth. We saw that with Every team that he's joined so far. So that last year with the Panthers, we saw that, you know, year in and year out with the with the, the Cleveland Browns outside of a strong season that he did have there. And then you saw that with the Rams when he showed up on no practice, played, won a game, was awesome, and then kind of trickled off. So if you're the New Orleans Saints, you're hoping that that trickle off starts here in week four. And, and a good way to make sure that that happens is by frustrating this team. Frustrating Baker Mayfield, frustrating Mike Evans, frustrating the offensive line. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, again, the, the Bucs offensive line performed pretty well against an elite defensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles, who lost some pieces over the course of the offseason. Like, don't get me wrong, but still a very, very good defensive line in Philadelphia. And so for the New Orleans Saints, who already have over half the amount of pressures in three games that they had all season through 17 games last year, you're seeing some pretty good stuff from this New Orleans Saints defensive line. Only one sack last week. You saw some of those missed sacks, very similar to Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, lots of missed tackles, lots of missed sacks, lots of missed opportunities. Be opposite that this week. Yeah? Get those tackles in. And look, it's a big difference between trying to tackle Jordan Love and trying to tackle Baker Mayfield. Like, Baker Mayfield's a little bit more slippery than maybe people think that he is, but he's not Jordan Love. He's not some of these other guys, right? These mobile quarterbacks and all that. He's got the ability to extend plays. But the more that you get him to improvise and the more that you kind of get him off of his spot, the more likely he is 
to make mistakes. Now, Tampa's taken away the ball a ton this offseason. I believe it's seven takeaways to two giveaways. Only both of those giveaways, a Rashad White fumble and a Baker Mayfield interception, happened Monday night against the Philadelphia Eagles. So they're sitting at a plus five turnover differential through three games. So take that for, for what you will. But you have to get on the right side of the turnover margin against Tampa. And what they have shown is that they've been able to, on the offensive side, not give the ball away. Change that this week. Rake at the ball, strip at the ball, punch the ball out. Those top down, those top down punch outs that they always work on. Get those in on the ball carriers. And of course, on the back end, make the Green Bay, excuse me, make the Tampa Bay Buccaneers throw the ball. Similar to what you're trying to see the New Orleans Saints do on the offensive side, which is establish the run game first. If you can eliminate the run game early, which the Saints defense hasn't necessarily been excellent at, they've They've seen opposing teams abandon the run, but they haven't necessarily fully limited the run game at all. And so you want to see them take that run game away, force Baker Mayfield to drop back in the pocket, force Todd Bowles and the, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to try to win through the air, and then make them pay for that. Again, the more that you go to the air, the further that you target downfield, the higher percentage of risk you get. Unlike the Tampa Buccaneers defense, which is mostly okay, the New Orleans Saints defense has proven that it's elite outside of one quarter, outside of the 12th quarter of the season so far. They've been elite. So being aggressive against the New Orleans Saints defense actually plays into the New Orleans Saints defense's favor while being aggressive if you're the Saints offense plays against the Tampa Buccaneers because they're weak on the defensive side. And so being able to come in and Russell up that run game, make them abandon that, get the defensive lines where they can pin their ears back, do what it is that we've talked about before when it came to Joe Woods discussing the, the third down defense, rush and coverage, get them both going. So you got to be able to confuse a little bit so the disguise works out well. We'll see what happens over on the Saints defense. Um, uh, both, neither Jordan Howden nor Paul Sinadibo had participated in practice through two days. We'll see what happens later on today in the third practice, but seems likely that both of them will be out. So who are you going to get? You're going to get Isaac Adam again on the outside, Alante Taylor in the nickel, in those nickel sets, in the base sets, you'll probably see Alante Taylor bounce outside. Both corners were really, really good last week, but lost in a couple of big moments and it had the two pass interference penalties for a combined 67 yards back to back, 45, 22 play after play. So you got to get past that. And then Lonnie Johnson Jr. will very likely, I assume, play safety. It's either going to be him or JT Gray, but I assume it'll be Lonnie Johnson Jr. just based upon Lonnie stepping into the dime package last week. And he's a versatile player. He's a very good player. I love what Joe Wood said about him, that he, is, he plays safety, but he's built like a tight end and he moves like a wide receiver. Those are good qualities to have as a safety, especially as a guy that's going to come play downhill sometime in that role. So I like the matchup of the New Orleans Saints defense against Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, but they're going to have to get on the nerves of that Tampa offense. Offensive line, Marshawn Lattimore has got to get into the head of Mike, Mike Evans again. Mike Evans, since 2018, has averaged 2.37, 2.38 catches per game, or is it three? 3.3? 2.38 catches per game and has uh, you know just 39 yards per game when matched up with Marshawn Lattimore since he had the big... 100 yard game years ago. So Marshall Lattimore has erased Mike Evans from these matchups over and over again. Do that again. 
tricky part's going to be who's guarding Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin has eaten against New Orleans Saints slot corners in the past. CJ Gardner-Johnson, for instance. Um, can they limit that with Elante Taylor? I, I can't wait to watch that matchup. Cannot wait to watch that matchup. And I do think that the attitude of this New Orleans Saints defense up against the attitude of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, I'll take the New Orleans Saints to have the edge there. And I take the New Orleans Saints to have the edge on the talent side of it as well. So get on their nerves. Frustrate them. Make them mad. Make them mad. All right, y'all. Coming up later on today, final live show of the week. We're going to get you everything you need to know from the final day of practice, including game designations. And then tomorrow, in case you missed it, giving you all the biggest takes from the week. Over the course of three segments, five takes, getting you caught up for everything you need before you get into that Sunday game against St. Bay Buccaneers. Appreciate y'all. As always, all your everydayers out there making us your first listen of the day every day. And I thank you very much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me on the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.